Ready? <clears throat> Hello? I can't hear anything. You can't? I can. Oh, I think I know why. Mayo, mayo, mayonnaise. Okay. Hello. Oh, yeah, I can hear now. Hello, my honey. Hello, my baby. Hello, my ragtime gal. Ernest? Hey, Ernest. I wish Ernest was more calm about putting things on his head because I would love to get a picture of him with the headphones on. <laughs> but he won't let me get close to we'll, tr- we'll, we'll We'll get some CBD and try that a little later. <laughs> right, yeah. Let's, we'll just have him eat some of those buds. So, well, I just got back from the Bills game today. Oh, wait. Scratch that. No, we're recording. Oh, is it? Yeah. I, I never stopped recording because I'm going to use all that. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. Yes, you singing I'm going to use. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> you being the CW frog. Yes. Mm-hmm. You ever see the, the Twitter post of that frog dancing to uh, Under the Bridge from the Red Hot Chili Peppers? <laughs> the, 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 the bridge of Under the Bridge. Which gets real operatic. It's mm-hmm. awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, boys, we had a fun time at Orville Peck. Oh, yeah. It was a grand old time. We ran into a, a concert goer there. Older lady, middle-aged lady there with her son, mm-hmm. who gave uh, me and my my wife of two years advice, don't ever have kids. They're terrible. Right. Right. What, while standing next, next to her son. Next to her son. So number one, number one cool thing that I learned this week is kids suck. Right. And, and make sure once you have kids, if you do... Talk shit in front of them constantly. That's right. Yeah, to maintain your coolness. Right. That, that lady also kept screaming, Orville, waiting yeah. for him to come out. Yeah. And Orville Peck certainly could not hear her, but I could yeah. in my left ear yeah. constantly. Yeah, and how'd you feel about that? Not, not great. No. no. Uh, there, there was the guys behind me who kept yelling, like, random people's names. Yes. Clearly, at some point, like, Orville knew who these people were because he did hear them yell the one name and he just started laughing. <laughs> Well, you go out, you, you know, there's a little smoke. This is a Tom Ballroom. You go out, go, go outside, there are people smoking. And I just, that's that's my second po- thing of the week. Smoking is cool, too. Yeah, I was one of those people out there smoking. Yeah. Uh, as I often found. And, like, and you're cool. I am cool, and I look cool when I smoke. I don't smoke, but I carry smokes around with me so I can seem cool. Right. Occasionally put an unlit one in your mouth and you just uh, you immediately look a thousand percent cooler. Yeah, that or candy cigarettes. Either right. way. Either way you look cool. Right. Those are low-key pretty good. Yeah, they are. Yeah, it's straight you, sugar to your veins. It's just you know, one one cigarette and you're like a young Jack Nicholson. Thank you. Wow. That's mm-hmm. very nice of you to say. Yeah, well, I think highly of you. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think you, you, you mentioned you bring that, both those coolness factors together. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, I, I do is that... Uh, it's not that I hate kids. No. Um, it's cool to hate kids, but you don't hate them. I don't hate kids. Right. The child-free um, Reddit. Right. Yeah. I yeah. Uh, uh, I uh, more have an idea of how to acclimate children to the world that we actually live in. Okay. How's that? Uh, I'm, not, I'm not cynical. I'm a realist. <clears throat> yeah. I often say that about you. Um, that's actually on my tombstone. Mm-hmm. Um the, my pizza, not my, not my epitaph. Uh, oh, written in green peppers. Or, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's okay. uh, uh, just squirted in on sriracha. Wow, beautiful. So what I like to do is I like to go and get like three packs of cigarettes in, on me. Yeah, and I'll go to uh, a local playground. Maybe it's a school, um, so I can break a law. 
Yeah. Maybe it's not a school, yeah. and it just happens to be like, you know, in the village of Lancaster, they just put a new playground in. There was pictures with like Monica Wallace and Lynn Ruda, who's the mayor of the village of Lancaster. Oh, very nice. And they're like, oh, yeah, look at our sweet new playground. I'm like, yeah, you know what that is to me? That's another place to go smoking. Yes. Because I like smoking at playgrounds around little kids, Ray. Oh, I know you do. Um, and it's, you know, it's. What's there, your, there's a, there's a, there's a order of protection <laughs> saying that you can't do that anymore. No, I don't think there is. No, because he's too cool, right? Because they they wanted to give the order of protection, but they're like, yeah, but look how goddamn cool he is with that mustache and all those cigarettes. Yeah, uh, and What's your that's why the court by? that's why the court system's so broken. They let people off who look too cool. But it was it, it was Sinatra. Sure. Oh, <laughs> right. so why do you do this, Jim? So I, so I do it because well, there's a couple of reasons. You know, yeah. it's it's not that cigarettes are bad for you. They are. Yeah, they'll kill you. Um, last I checked, death being like the worst outcome. Probably, yes, probably. It's, it's in the top like five. Right. Outcomes to have happen to you is dying. Yes. Um, because that means you're dead. Yeah, not the best outcome. Uh, not to explain opinion. it to you guys. Right. Um, yeah. But uh, one of the reasons I like smoking around children, but I guess it's maybe it's the only reason I like smoking around children, is we're not doing anything to like save their lives. No. Uh, as far as like climate change it goes. Every year, there's more forest fires, so they these kids better get used to inhaling smoke. You're right, right? They, I mean, just you're helping them. Yeah, I'm I'm building up like their natural immunity. Like you, you hear anti-vaxxers say, "Well, I don't, I had COVID, right. so I have natural immunity. I don't need to get the vaccine." That's what I hear. Um, these kids, like, they're like, "Well, I can go live in like rural California, and I don't have to evacuate when there's a fire." Because I already have tar built up in my lungs. Yeah, used so to I, it. Yeah, you know, I just I filter that all out. Yeah, it's you're immune, you're immune to it mm-hmm. at that point if you're a kid and, and you you've been around a smoky playground all your life. Right. I mean, it's it worked for me growing up when both my parents smoked. Only one of them smokes now. Yeah. The other one had a heart attack and stopped for some reason. It's like the that scene in The Princess Bride where he eats the poison, but it doesn't affect him because he's been building up the immunity. Right. Right. That's right. that's basically what I'm doing is I'm building up. You know, an immunity not for myself because I'm going to die of cigarettes. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, for these kids in the area, right? The you know, these helpless little four year olds in Lancaster. So I carry around this pack of cigarettes that look cool, and they would not let me bring that into the Bills game. Like, since when can you not like have a nice smoke to chill out and watch the football game? Right, and and you know, and it, it, it depending on how the game goes, and today it went fairly well. Yeah, you know, it's having a cigarette after a Bills game. Or maybe during is like having one after or during sex. Yeah. So it's uh, it's about a, 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 what I remember, a bunch of assholes. I don't know. I got tired of not not being able to look cool and smoke. And uh, just sit, sitting there watching a football game, well, playing 10 times as much for beer. Last time I went to a Bills game was like 15 years ago. Yeah. Ree's going to enjoy this because he loves story time. Yes. Uh, story time in the intro. Yeah. Story time in the intro. Uh, it was a, a whiteout game. And uh, it was against the Jets. Remember not it was, a snow white out. No, not a snow white no, out. People were wearing was, all white. They wanted all the fans to wear white in the in the stands. Yeah. The only white shirt that I had that was Bills related, Ree, yes. was a character of O.J. Simpson in a prison outfit. Oh, I remember that shirt. That said, set loose the juice. <laughs> so I wore this shirt in public. Yeah. To like me and like, you know, 79,000 of my lo- of my friends. Yeah. And... Uh, 
There were it was much like wearing the Bills thing in Portland. Uh, people just kept stopping and talking to me and commenting on my shirt and t- having their picture taken with me. You got an act for that. There was this nice couple from Hamilton, Ontario, that stopped and had their picture taken with me. They they must have been like seventy. The, ha- the hammer. <laughs> and they were like, man, yeah, the Electric City. And they were like, man, oh god, can we get a picture with you in your OJ shirt? And I hope that like like this was like fifteen years ago, and like they were probably in their seventies at, at the point at uh-huh. this, that point. So I. By now, one of them statistically has probably died, and I hope like when they put together like the collage at the funeral home for like the wake, that the picture of them with me at the Bills game wearing my O.J. Simpson shirt made it onto the collage. <laughs> so beautiful. So the, the Bills, real quick, re. Well, they had a reason to play. the The, the offense had a reason to play today. Well, they they played well. Yeah, the, the really good, really good game to be. We're, we're just we're just skipping from intro to the episode now. No, 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 no. We got. Oh, we're still in the cold open. This is still the cold. The Twelve open. minute cold open. No. Yeah. This is. Give us a break, Ree. We've got a lot to give cover. Give me a this break. Week. We didn't get a cold open last week. Let us have this this week, Ree. This, this cold open is being directed by Kurosawa, so that's that's why it's so long. Yeah. Uh, so, thank you. So the Bills, Ree. If you didn't notice, because I know you're not, you you don't watch football. I'm not too plugged into that sort of. Yeah, uh, the Bills, the offense did well today. Oh, good, Uh, really well, really well. And at the post game press conference, Josh Allen said, "Brian Dayball, the offensive coordinator for the Bills and and West New York native Brian Dayball, right, that his grandmother died, so the offense was like, shit, we better play really hard for him this week. And they did, and they did. So I just hope he's got 14 more grandmothers because that's how many we need." Welcome back to the square. We are back and and better than ever. We had a big big fish on the show. We we we, we hooked a big one last week, uh, and this week hell of a guy too. Hell of a guy, add. Dave, yeah. great guy, Dave Weigel, the Washington Post. If you haven't listened to that episode, please go listen to that. But since you're listening now, just keep listening to this one. You can get you can get to that one. That's a good one. Right. But, uh, but we do we're have, here. We do have a big guest this week. Oh, well, of course we have a big guest this week. But first off. Uh, it's Re here with Jim, naturally smoking. Rye Snake here. Yep, and of course Ernest the dog. Now you said big guest, big in spirit, big, big in spirit, big in spirit. Yeah, okay. big, uh, big in uh, aura. If you're in, if you're into auras and, and visibility of auras, vibes and uh, crystals. And I am doggy uh, doggy vibes, doggy vibes. Uh, Ernest maybe weighs about eleven pounds. His person- soaking what? His personality weighs at least like thirteen. Sure, yeah, love it. Great aura. So we got we got Ernest here. We uh, you know we're hanging down in the snake pit as always, and stuff. Believe it or not, the stuff just keeps happening. I, I unstop, Reed. It never stops. It, sometimes you just want to like grab the ground and be like, "Stop moving, mm-hmm. the earth, just stop." And then you realize you're hungover. You drank too much. Like me, you might have been out at you know good bar until till two in the morning. So then that goes away and you drink some water. Mm-hmm. But the mayor's race, the thing that we're milking all of our, our content on, the thing that brings Washington Post reporters to Buffalo. Right. It's the, like, the good thing for us this year about the mayor's race is that on November 2nd, it doesn't end because there's going to be the the count of all the write-in votes. 
It's it's not going to be over November second. Like we we've, we've got time. You got at least two months more, right? Like and, it, and then there's going to be like the audit of the votes right. and like the, that company from Arizona is going to come in and they're going to be like this write-in ballot doesn't have a, a watermark on it, so we have to throw it out mm-hmm. or we have to include it for Byron Brown. Yeah, no. So we are we're doing this. Uh, you know, we we got in on this early. Been on this beat before. I don't want to say anybody else. Jeff Kelly's been on this beat forever, obviously, but we we were there from the jump. You know, we got India Walton on the show. And really, we've spent the better part of you know, almost a year now since the inception of our, our program talking about this mayor's race. And yet it still keeps being interesting to see all the ways that it plays out. And it played out this way where Miss Walton made a trip to the big city, Jim. Right. Well, this uh, Dave mentioned this last week with us, right? Is that, you know, maybe people kind of forgot India won the primary. You know, he's been watching it from afar, D.C. or other parts of the United States while he's governing campaigns. And, yeah, shit keeps happening. It's busy. And India, like you said, is in New York City. She went on Chapo. She went on Chapo. Right. She she's fundraising with the DSA. She was at a, they had a fundraiser for her in New York City, and there was like seven assembly members and multiple members of the state senate and Jamani Williams and the 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 city council among other people. Uh, she posted on social media this week that she met Al Sharpton. Yeah, and Al Sharpton actually gave her that big endorsement. Yeah. This is a huge, huge push for India Walton. Now, on the one hand, I'm very excited for her to be getting this kind of coronation from the power brokers within the Democratic Party on the on the left flank. Uh, that's super cool, super validating. And I mean, she deserves every bit of it that she's getting. However, the one concern that I have is is one that I know Byron Brown has brought up and, and will probably continue to hammer on is that my opponent is being funded by New York City money. Oh, fuck him. He's been funded by people from outside of the city, too. So he can eat shit and die. For sure. I get it. I get it. But I remember when she we talked on the show here when India traveled to Cleveland, I believe it was for right. a rally for Nina Turner. Correct. And, you know, one of the concerns we had is, hey, why are you leaving Buffalo during like this heavy campaign season to, you know, go to a not a state rally, not in your district. There's the pros and cons. I mean, you have to play the game politically. You have to, you know, build a coalition of people or or become part of that coalition in the broader Democratic Party, which India Walton is certainly would certainly be looking to be doing here. One of the things that's happening here is or potentially happening if she can carry this across the the finish line in November is we have a chance of having an elected official in Buffalo be like a national figure. I mean, we, we do have Kathy Hochul now because like kind of like through the back door that happened, but this isn't, this is busting in through the front door of making a homegrown person, a national figure in politics. No, absolutely. I mean, again, the sky is the limit for India Walton's profile. Should she win in November? Even if, I mean, even if she loses, I I don't want to put that out in the universe, but I'm just saying like, she still is making her star turn. I, she is definitely like the avatar at this point of a, of a resurgent Buffalo left movement that we haven't seen in quite some time. Uh, I do. I I did mention she was on uh, an episode of Chapel Trap House. did an interview with Will Meneker and it was a little, I, I listened to the interview interview, Jim, I don't know. I don't think you did, but I did not. But, to but Ryan did. There was it was it was a pretty you know a pretty good discussion of of the mayor's race and overarching view. Of, yeah, she didn't skip a beat. No, no, she really you know she was on top of it. Okay. Um, it, it did get a little I don't want to say contentious, but a little a little bit contentious yeah. when a police issue came up. 
Right. So Will Menneker of Chapo Trap House, which, by the way, I, I'm a very big fan of that show and I yeah. really like quite a bit. Right. But Will Menneker did ask India about police reform or it was it was actually a little bit unclear what his point was, whether it would be something the complete abolition of police or, you know, reducing police. I think that a lot of folks on the I, I guess what we can call the left or progressive or socialist, whatever. I, I, I keep it fuzzy on purpose because I think a lot of people in their heads are very fuzzy about it. They just have impulses and feelings about stuff. You might define it for yourself, and I think you belong in the same camp of people, but within that camp of people, there's a lot of people who the terminology will cause them to butt heads for no good reason. Within that subsection of people who are sympathetic to that cause, I think that the police abolition stuff, it, it's... I don't want to say it's not well thought out. I know there's a lot of well-meaning people who have put a lot of thought and resources into it. I'm just saying the political reality is you cannot have the Democratic mayoral candidate of Buffalo in a very tight race go out and say, I support police abolition. Not in a general election. Maybe in a Democratic primary, she could get away with that and, you know, fuck all to everybody else. I mean, in a Democratic primary, she kind of did get away with it, right? I mean... Not she didn't come out and say I'm going to get rid of all the police, but she had a an extensive and still has an extensive reform for criminal justice policy and plan and uh, platform. But in a general election where Republicans and conservatives and libertarians and independents and blanks are voting, what you have to do is essentially do what Republicans do in tight or swing districts is lie and then do whatever the fuck you want after you win. One of the arguments that came out was. Well, you know, she's not getting the pro-police vote anyway, so why even go down this avenue? But but is that true? Well, Are I mean, there swing voters still who are like, I'm a little concerned about the police issue. If only she'd reassure me, I would vote for her. I, I think there are. Like, there are people who are definitely off the reservation and, like, will not vote for her no matter what. Right. Like, she could Absolutely. say, like, she could say, I'm going to double the police budget and, and hire, like, a zillion fucking officers yeah. and import them from Gainesville, Florida. Mm -hmm. And those people will be like, I don't believe you. You're a socialist. You're going to ruin you're going to make my city unsafe and you're going to ruin right. the community, right? But there are a lot of people, including registered Democrats, who are like, I'm a little uneasy with reducing policing that much in a city like Buffalo. Well, we're a big thing. There's an uptick in violence right now. Right. right. So not, what, not just in Buffalo. Not just and, in Buffalo. And right. guess who's the mayor right now? Yeah, exactly. Right. 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 That doesn't get enough play that <laughs> the uptick in violence happened on Byron Brown's watch. Yeah. Right. Like the, some, somehow we do this dosy -si do where we talk about, oh, there's an uptick in violence, but it's India Walton's fault somehow. Right. That happened this week on a national scale with Kayla McEnicky. McEnicky tweeted out, like, look at the spike of murders in 2020. This is Joe Biden's America. And, and like Trump was president. Obviously, yeah. a million people, including our pal Dave Weigel, pointed out, like, I don't know how to say this to you, but Trump was president and she yeah. deleted her tweet. <laughs> yeah. You think she would have known that being in the administration? at all but i mean how, what do you do about the violence issue i mean obviously the core of these issues is is systemic racism and, and, and poverty right i mean um, sure. so how do you fix that right away well i said what we, i think you have to do is lie to win and then do whatever fuck you want once yeah. you're in like then you have four years to do what you want well i mean it's tough because like this is one of the things we've also talked about in the past like generally democrats like have popular ideas and think they're in the minority yeah. where Republicans like are always like their ideas are always in the minority right. and are confident that everybody thinks that they have the right idea. Yeah. This is one of the few times where like people on the left have an idea and they're like, well, of course everybody supports this. And you're like, listen, mm -hmm. this is the one time you need to think like maybe not everybody supports my mm -hmm. idea. 
Yeah, no, this is something you definitely have to think critically on and you have to you have to be nuanced about it and say, hey, maybe at some point in the future we need to face the underlying issues of why we need so many police I, I mean need I, I, again that's yeah, kind of right, a loaded yeah. phrase we I'm don't need there, to say but, need but. but well but that's my point is yeah. like we need to face the underlying causes of why there are so many police at this point how did we get how did we get to the point of, of doing this because we th generally the solution has just been throw more police at it okay. throw more funding at the police hire more police officers throw more police at it and that structure of society is not going away until there's something to replace it mm -hmm. you can't replace it with a vacuum Right. So and, that, that, that means building dual power or having like large will to fix this fucking shit right away. Well, right. And again, like my, my big thing with the replacing the police narrative or police abolition is, hey, those are people with jobs, too. So right. you have to be very careful when you're saying, OK, get rid of all the police. What you're saying to a lot of people is, hey, fire my cousin, fire my brother, fire my you know sister, whatever. Well, not only do those people have jobs. Like the military and the police, which are intertwined way more than they should be, but they really are, are often, if you're growing up in a situation where you're lower income and you have no opportunity to go get a higher education because it's just not economically feasible, one of your shots, realistically, at getting a better life, getting some income so you can get yourself out of poverty and maybe helping your family and breaking that cycle of poverty is the military or the police path. It's because, built that way. Right. We should be looking at stuff like, and I, I, you know, I haven't looked at a platform to see that look for this, but like we should be looking at stuff like in most westernized countries, the training period to be a police officer is like a year and a half to three years. In the United States, it's like six weeks. Like basically, they just spend the entire six weeks teaching how to shoot a gun, and once you can shoot straight, they're like, well, go ahead. Now you now now you can do it. That is part of making policing better is not just investing in social services and wraparound services to address the systemic issues that we have that cause crime but yeah also better training our police officers so that they're better equipped to address when when they're actually on the situation because you're never getting rid of police officers you always need police officers to respond to crime what i hate is like this fucking argument that you're seeing is like, well, if we have fewer police officers, there be more crime. Police officers are not a deterrent to crime. No, that is not. That's so far from detached from reality. The uh, prison sentences, pri uh, police officers are not a deterrent from crime. What police officers are there for is to respond to crimes when they happen. Right. If. 100% of the city of Buffalo, if the city of Buffalo decided to hire, that they wanted 270,000 police officers and they were going to hire every single person who lived in the city of Buffalo and make them a police officer, there'd still be fucking crime in the city of Buffalo. Yes. It would just be you'd have to arrest police officers. It comes down to this. People need their material needs met. And then crime comes down to a few fucking crazy people, right? Well, crazy or desperate, or, right? Like, well, the, the idea would be to if they have their material needs met. Right, they're oh, not yeah. desperate anymore. Right, yeah. If if you can meet people's material needs, then right. then hopefully you can remove some of that desperation. That, that has to happen first. Right. Well, I think we've gone a little bit far afield on this, but I think it was a, it's an important discussion to have, yep. um, especially since it does relate to the mayor's race. Moving on, so we have um, uh, more stuff happening on the other side of the uh, well, not on the ballot. He's not on the ballot, but he is on the other side of the election. Byron Brown is has made. He's made nice with uh, with one Mr. Carl Palladino. Well, uh, made nice enough that he's having a fundraiser at Carl's building. 
What do you guys think? Was it was this whole thing a work? Was this a, a, a feint by Carl Palladino or I don't think Carl's that smart. I think he is a slave to his whims. I, I think it's somewhere in between. I think like you know, like we talked about with Jeff when Jeff was on, like maybe this is Carl trying to redirect, but maybe he used a little too strong of language. Maybe he went a little too far. I don't believe in Carl playing three D chess. He just doesn't do that. What probably happened is he made his statement to Jeff and the investigative post saying like he'll take his chances with the fucking broad and that the mayor's a mope and that some of the other developers, other people who are, have are part of the Western York gentry took time from their fox hunt to call Carl and say like, no, but really we need Byron. Like, re- like really like you can say that like she won't do anything and impact anything in any ways, but like, the devil you know carl yeah in my heart of hearts i really think that they've basically accepted that that byron is going to lose like i think he's been the useful idiot for only so long and that they're going to have to now they're going to fight like hell to make india walton's life miserable you know they're they're gonna and it's only going to get uglier from here on out which we'll, we'll talk about more in a second but i really do think that they have embraced or not embraced but they, they have accepted the idea that india walton's gonna be the mayor and how do we make uh her term as mayor as un- insufferable as possible well yeah what's interesting to me is that along this line is that as they keep fighting for byron they know that they're gonna be turn- increasing turnout in the city and that they just seem to be pretty willing to punt away definitely the sheriff's race and it's looking more and more like punting away the county controller's race and giving those away for four years. Yeah, that's that's mighty interesting, huh? That they're giving away key races. Like, losing that controller seat is... Again, we talk, we talk on the show about nobody really knows what the hell the controller does. Um, but it is an awfully useful bully pulpit if you want it to be. Now, I don't think Kevin Hardwick is going to turn it into his bully pulpit. Well, no, because what it's primarily been used as bully pulpit is when the controller is not the same party as the county executive and the party out of power uses it as their main spot, a main office to critique the county executive out of and to be hyper political and to, you know, try to make the county executive's life a a living hell. Letting Kevin Hardwick roll in and, and, you know, I mean, they're not letting him. I mean, they're still out there running the Lynn Dixon campaign. If, if for anybody who forgot who's running for controller, it's Kevin Hardwick and Lynn Dixon. As they keep doing stuff to increase turnout on the city, they're kind of fucking themselves as far as like the countywide races go. And then like obviously with the sheriff's race with three Republicans being involved and like, yes, Karen Healy Case is not actively campaigning on the conservative line, but she's going to take a certain percentage of votes because she's just there. But Ted Donato is actively campaigning on a third party line as a Republican. Um, you've got John Garcia saying all kinds of nonsense about marijuana, which is going to alienate like, you know, a, a fair amount, like the general perception in the United and New York state in the United States as whole, but in New York state, especially is that legalizing marijuana is a net good. Yeah. We're not going back. Right. You don't need, <laughs> yeah. That, that horse is out of the barn, John Garcia. Yeah. That's over. It's a, it's a done deal. Um, you know, the only thing that I could think, and I think you're, you are right that in many ways they are kind of fucking themselves by banging this drum for the mayor's race so loud. The only thing that I can really think of, though, is the 3D chess thing again, right? That, look, they're saying, hey, we're going to roll over on these uh, on the sheriff's race and, and uh, 
you know, on this comptroller's race for now with like the Mitch McConnell thing where like Mitch McConnell, okay, you know, he would sometimes be in the Senate minority, sometimes the majority, but he always had a plan for, all right, I got what I got done in the time frame that I was the majority leader. And then the rest of the time I was able to just completely obstruct the Democratic Party nationally. Now, the machinations of how things happen in uh, Erie County and in the city of Buffalo are much different. And the Republican Party does not have that kind of power, but in, in Erie County and in the city of Buffalo. But I do think there is some kind of merit to being on the other side of Indy Walton's star power, right? Because the opposite reaction to that is that the opposite reaction to her become a Democratic Party star to become like an AOC or a Cory Bush or a high profile Democrat is that she's somebody that can be fundraised against. And so you could use her as a locus point for the local Republican Party to bring in big national dollars. I mean, and you're seeing that a little bit already because fucking DeSantis is coming to Buffalo for a fundraiser. Although I think with, you know, some of the Republican Buffalo people you have, while while they're not effective at winning in the city of Buffalo and they're looking to potentially be totally out of any countywide uh, offices, Nick Langworthy, Carl Palladino, Bob Joya, uh, Bob Rich, John Dandies, Chris Grant, Mike Caputo. I mean, these are people who are well known at the national stage for Republican Party. I would say that one of the reasons why I think they're making such a big deal out of the mayor's race and they're willing to give up the sheriff's race and the controller's race is because the sheriff doesn't make you any money personally. The controller doesn't make you any money personally. But if you're a wealthy millionaire, aspiring billionaire in the city of Buffalo and you want to make your money off of your things or you're in West New York, you want to be making money off of the mayor's office and having a good relationship with them. And, you know, fuck it. You're right. You can win the sheriff's race back in four years with a Republican and unify behind somebody. You can potentially win the controller's race back in four years. The county executive's race is happening in two years. Those are things that you can eventually address and maybe win back later. But you don't want personally what's going to hit your own pocketbooks what's going to affect your own ability to make your own money, to grift as much as possible and to abuse capitalism as much as possible to get turned off. And that's what they see as India is threatening to do is she wants to level the playing field so that everybody is, is making money equitably and not just six rich people. And the system in the city of Buffalo for, I don't know, when was Buffalo founded? For however long, it's basically like six to ten people have made money off of the city and everybody <laughs> yeah. else works. Yeah, yeah. no, it's, um, again, it's it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out in the in the broader scale. But India Walton has gotten another endorsement. She did. She, she had a couple endorsements, actually. Yeah. yeah. We've been on this beat about how uh, people outside this area are trying to view in, but they're not reading everything and they're not paying attention to all the local politics. And they keep saying that India is fighting the local Democratic establishment and the Republicans because it, that's what happens to other leftist candidates in the country generally. And we keep saying, but that's not really what's happening here. You've got one isolated, untethered Democrat in Byron Brown and a couple of common council members who are essentially Republicans, but they would never win if they ran as an R, so they pretend to be Democrats. We have another establishment Democrat giving the endorsement. April is majority leader, chair, something like that, of the county legislature. April Baskin, that is. April Baskin, that is, in the second legislative district in the, in the county legislature. And that's a big get, big endorsement. 
uh, on the local level here. The other endorsement she got, of course, was from uh, the Reverend Al Sharpton. Right. Did did he host the fundraiser, or did, was he just... He was just around. He was just around. Okay. So, I mean, that's a big national profile one, but arguably these local ones are more important right. uh, at this stage of the game. I mean, the April Baskin one is big because, like, her district is entirely in the city of Buffalo. You know, we, we had Sean Ryan, Senator Ryan. We had Assemblyman Rivera both give their endorsements, but their district isn't only in the city of Buffalo. They could potentially, if they alienated some voters in the city of Buffalo, still make it up easily because they'd pick up votes elsewhere and be able to carry themselves. April is is putting down her foot and basically saying, like, well, I know I represent... And, and April's district goes directly across the city. She goes from the river all the way to, like, the Cheektowaga border across the middle of the city and includes the Elmwood Village. So she's got west side, Elmwood Village, east side. And she's like... No, I'm putting my foot down. She's the Democratic nominee. I'm endorsing the Democrat. I'm, I'm endorsing our nominee. She won the she won the primary. She deserves the endorsement. It'll be interesting to see what again, we we've been waiting for a while to see what the common council members do. And a lot of it has to be that they're just scared shitless about uh, even the thought of Byron Brown winning. Or also, I mean, they could want to be playing their hand too, you know, that even if India Walton does win, they they might want to be in a position of power where, you know, they previously have not had any mm-hmm. <laughs> under a Brown administration. Brown kind of kept them under lock and key. Uh, but if a Walton administration comes in, they could be a little bit more combative and, you know, get more for, for their respective districts. Well, I mean, I, I think that's the case in uh, as far as like wanting to be more relevant for both Joe Golombek and Chris Scanlon. They are essentially like, when you're listing members of the common council, the, the maybe like the last two you remember when you're listing all nine, you're like, oh yeah, I forgot Joe Golombek and Chris Scanlon are members of the common council because they they've been so relegated to like not mattering. Um, so coming out, and well, they they certainly don't offer you much. Well, no, they're, I mean they're they're they are they are not creative policymakers. We'll be waiting to see what more endorsements come in on the local level, but. But, you know, we're, we're watching the polls. We got to do it. I, I hate to do it sometimes because I think a lot of polls suck. I think a lot of polls in general suck. I think eh, pretty much every poll done for this race by, like, the major media networks or whatever have been garbage. Talk to me about this latest one, guys, because uh, it's pretty, pretty bad. Sounds like a repeat of the last one we talked about with Rusty, right? Where the, uh, well, let's say the... The, the poll seems kind of skewed, and the, the, the polling company seems to have a bad track record of picking the winner. Not a, not a great track record. It's, so the company is Coefficient. They're a Kansas City polling company. They are the favored polling company of our boy, Big Dog, woof, woof. Woof, woof. Chris Grant. And you know, they, though they've, they've got a, the last couple of polls they did, they're like, oh, it's a dead heat, and then the person lost by 7%. <laughs> oh, it's a dead heat, and they lost by 8%. And if you want to look more into this, uh, check out both Rusty and Rob Galbraith's Twitter feeds. They went back and forth breaking down the specifics of this uh, and the cross tabs from this poll. Essentially, what's going on is it looks like the poll is overvaluing or over-including older voters and under-including younger voters in this polling. Also, as Rusty pointed out, like 
think they call these people likely voters, but these people all admitted that like they only voted in like two out of the last four elections. And if you're voting every other year, yeah. you're not voting in fucking local elections. You're voting in the congressional and presidential elections. You're not right. voting in the odd years. Yeah. So it's a trash poll. I mean, again, do voters over the age of 65 matter? Certainly. Uh, you know, time and time again, we, we, we see that they are a higher turnout percentage of the voting population. However, <laughs> however, this, this race and the demographics of the city show, we have seen an uptick in younger voters for a lot of different reasons you could talk about the political the the burgeoning political awakening with the donald trump administration you could talk about the economic conditions of you know hey millennials and gen z are poorer because they're renters they have student loans they're they're looking to seek a political voice to affect change because their material circumstances uh lead that to be their only outlet to do so but either way i mean like just to have polls that show, hey, what are the old timers doing? I, I One, it doesn't reflect accurately the realities of 2021 and who votes and, and what their impulses are. I, I think we could throw out the window, the young people don't vote anymore narrative. Well, I don't know you can necessarily throw it out, but I think you can throw it out in this particular race. Sure. I think that... You know, what we're going to see is I think she's going to outperform her polls, much like Obama did when he first ran in 08, and that he was engaging younger voters and trying to address them and bring them out in a way that a lot of candidates hadn't for a long time. And he did well with that. And that was one of the things like in this coefficient poll, like they asked, what's your favorability on socialism? And the two particular factions where it was above water were like, voters under 35 and african-americans the mayor is probably looking at this coefficient poll and going like oh great and rubbing his hands together and saying something very milk toast if i'm looking at these actual cross tabs there are a lot of people in the city of buffalo who happen to be black and or under 35 and if her message is getting through to them and it's being received positively i'd be hitting like the fucking panic button I wouldn't be hitting the easy button from Staples like he seems to be thinking he can hit. Who knows what's going to happen in November, but I just think that the realities on the ground have changed, and you just can't look at it the way that you might be used to looking at it. You know, to say like, oh, God, the old people are scared of socialism. <laughs> yes, that that certainly has not gone away, but now <laughs> the young people are poor. They're people of color. They're, you know, oppressed, and they're looking to have an outlet for a political change. Motivated to vote. And, and, and the other thing is that old people seem to forget, like people who are over 65, is when they say millennial, they think 20. Fucking millennials are 40 now. Yes. Those, people, those people vote now. And they would have voted in the past because at 40 they were homeowners, but they can't afford to buy a home now because Zillow owns every fucking home or some corporation is buying all the houses and they're closing and they're flooding people out of the, of the housing market and they're raising prices too much and they've got, you know, uh, student loan debts of like $200,000. So they got to spend like $500 a month on student loans. They can't afford to buy homes. They have crazy high student loans. Nobody's paying for them. They can't afford their fucking health share or health care because they've got $5,000 deductibles and everything costs money. And the, luckily for them, the only thing that was free in health care was the fucking vaccine. And they've got a mayor who's like, no, 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 rich people need to make more money. Look at all the, the growth I've had. And if you're a millennial, you're like, what fucking growth? I didn't make any money. Other than Nick Sinatra, no millennial made money this last like 20 years. <laughs> yeah, polls are trash. 
the old crooked media is at it again. In fact, Jim, the crooked media is at it so much that the the sort of garbage that flies on Channel 4, which is usually pretty bad, have to say. That's the worst fucking local network. Bad. Real bad. Real bad. But, yeah, give them the, give them the whistle. This is like... A whole other level of of garbage. Our friend Rob Galbraith uh, tweeted out earlier today, utterly disgraceful that News 4 Buffalo would air this batshit statement from Mayor Byron Brown without noting any of the many ways that it's a lie. And I will now read for you the statement, which aired on Channel 4. Um, I think it was today or yesterday, whatever. But the campaign statement from Byron Brown, quote, Miss Walton is unqualified and her misinformed ideas for police, including no jail time for violent sex offenders, would put every Buffalo resident's safety at risk. End quote. That's Connor Hurley, campaign manager of Brown for Buffalo. That has no fucking basis in reality. Let's start there. Right. It's just it's totally made up. Jim Tamel, host of the Square podcast, would like to post on Channel 4 that Byron Brown doesn't pay the royalties when he has sex to renegade by sticks. <laughs> he's not a, he's not as cab he's a guy he's not paying any of his fucking royalty money i mean and, and let me let me continue with rob's tweet here because he does raise a great point you know they aired it without noting any of the many ways that it's a lie most fundamentally of all because a mayor doesn't sentence people convicted of a crime right which is absolutely true but i mean it really is just a let's just fire whatever shit we can and see what sticks to the wall what's disgusting about it is like they even they just quote oh it's his campaign manager the last fucking person who should be able to get a quote on the fucking news other than to say like no i didn't kill that baby is the campaign manager like of course they're gonna say the worst fucking shit about the other person and they don't care if it's based in reality or not channel 4 news was like mm, looks good to us just shows the total lack of integrity and critical thinking in that entire fucking station i assume that the vaccination rate at channel 4 is zero percent because they're all that fucking stupid yeah just dumb as hell i you know what i think it's so beyond the pale honestly that i think if you were the demographic of people who watch Channel 4 News, I guess, are, are probably just like, oh, I knew it. I knew it. I knew she wanted to help out the sex offenders. But um, but it's like if you're a reasonable person, you see that and you're like, OK, that's like such garbage and bullshit. That would turn me away from voting for Byron Brown. Yeah, ab- absolutely. The same same for me. What, what it has turned me away from is like all CBS, like fuck CBS yes. at this point. I know they don't have any control over the local affiliate, but you know what? They actually do. They they have the money they could flex and say, like, look, you have to do responsible and like reasonable things. And if you're going to be this fucking irresponsible, then like ban them from being your affiliate. Right. Fuck them. Cut them off. And so, like, as far as I'm concerned, like, you know, fuck Channel 4, fuck CBS. CBS doesn't care. CBS is okay with spreading lies and spreading falsehoods in elections. As far as CBS is concerned, they don't want fair and open elections. You're going to stop watching Bill's games? I don't watch them anyways. (laughs) They're on Fox now, right? Well, they've been the past couple weeks. Yeah. Yeah. You know how I watch. You don't have to yell at me, Jim. You know how I watch football games? Because I update my Twitter feed. And then I know what happened. <laughs> That's a lot more entertaining. Yeah, it is. Too. Oh, it's so much, so much better. Oh, all right. Well, next the, topic is stadium. The mayor, pump, pumpkin yeah. spice lattes. We're on. We're on to the football now. We moved off the mayor's race. Well, well, that's a good segue from yeah, me yeah. saying I don't watch football. I don't watch football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So on the board here it says stadium PSLs, pumps, pumpkin spice lattes. Yeah, yes. I had one of those before the the game today. Ooh, how was it? It was great. I loved it. I like those too. 
Yeah. Ho- hopefully it'll be union made soon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll get to that. No, so the uh, the pegulas, the pegulas, Peg- saying pegulas, pegulas. I don't know why I'm doing a Dracula voice. It's, just, it's very, it's very fun to say. Yeah. Pegula, the pegulas are are looking to fund, uh, or or well, they are not looking to fund anything. If you really came down to brass tacks, but but ostensibly the pegulas are saying that hey, state of New York, Erie County, give us all this money to pay for our stadium here, and you know what? We'll pay. I'll tell you what. Here's how we'll pay for our part. We'll sell personal seat licenses. I thought they were going to drill a well if they needed money. Well, I I think that um, all the wells are dry. Nobody wants any of that snake oil anymore. They are now talking about selling the the personal seat licenses to fund the stadium, which is hilarious. I mean, it's our, our, our buddy BT, Buffalo Troll on Twitter, put it best where he's like, heads I win, tails you lose type situation here for the Pagulas. Because either way, they're getting a new stadium and they're raking in the dough. These personal seat license things, if you're unaware of how they work, basically you pay a fee to be able to buy the tickets. You're paying another thing to be able to purchase tickets. What the fuck? The way I understand it is you you purchase the rights for those seats and then you keep those rights until you sell them or die. So that could mean that the seats go empty if you don't purchase season tickets, but they can't be turned over to someone else. And it also just means you end up paying way more than you fucking would. Otherwise. Right, because like like if you want to sit in the middle of fucking nowhere, like where you're like you're so far up and so far away from like the the rest of the stadium at the, in the top row where you're basically sitting in fucking Blaisdell, your PSL is going to be like $500. Yeah. But if you have front row tickets on like the 50-yard line, it's not unheard of for them to charge twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars for the PSL. Oh yeah. To me, it sounds like almost like a pump and dump thing, right? Where you're you're charging all these people up front for these personal seat licenses, and you're raking in a huge short term profit. But inevitably, like like you pointed out, what if people don't show up? What if we have a stadium of people not there because the PSL old holders are just like complete assholes and they don't want to come to the game? Hold, hold up. Here's a good idea. What if? We get PSLs for like the cheap area and we scout out who gets PSLs for the expensive area and then we kill them so they can never use their tickets. Parody. And we can, parody. And we can just go sit in their parody. seats. Parody. <laughs> Unactionable. <laughs> parody. Well, so Bills fans are going to take a hit because I think there are a lot of season ticket holders right now. Right? Thousands. There's thousands. a waiting list. Oh, yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that was the thing, like, when they said that, like, you had to be vaccinated, and if you had season tickets, you could turn it in, right. and, like, a couple hundred people or less turned in their t- season tickets, yeah. and they were like, oh, wow, whoa, wow, I guess we'll never recover from this. Right. I, I don't like it. <laughs> we're not the sports podcast, but, again, people, I-, I like the Bills, I like sports, I like going to a Bills game, although it's a big, you went to a, the Bills game today, Ryan. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. a big to-do, it's a big it, production. It's huge, it's huge, and it's exhausting. And at, at, uh, at also, regarding this r- real quickly, uh, Robcat tweeted out, he was like, uh, now coming soon, uh, your Bills NFTs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Get them while they're hot. Mm-hmm. Well, in in the world of not sports podcast, but still talking about sports, uh, I guess we, we have to talk about the Sabers. Do we have to? We do. Well, because uh, first of all, like clearly the the, the Pagulas are going to sell them soon. They're going to move the Bills to like Portland, Oregon, because I, I don't believe in the Austin, Texas oh, thing. No, no that's not it. Uh, I believe in the tooth fairy more than I believe in the Austin, Texas yeah, threat. Yeah. And then when they move the Bills and everybody hates them, they're going to sell the Sabers. So the Sabres had, like, the state of the team address, like the preseason address, um, with GM Kevin Adams, Clarence native Kevin Adams. 
the most notice, notable thing about it, like we don't even who gives a shit about what's going on with that terrible team, is um, the vaccination rate. Where are we at? One hundred percent. Hey, not bad. Not bad. Well, that's for players. So, oh, we have an exception here. Oh, we do have an exception. Uh, the vaccination rate for national anthem singers is zero percent. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about Doug Allen? Oh, uh, yeah, Doug Allen. What's his story? He's a piece of shit. Oh. Right. He's, he's a piece of shit. Uh-huh. And uh, what he wants to do is he figures he's healthy enough that he'd survive COVID. He wants to kill other people. Oh. Yeah, it seems that. When he was a child. For season tickets to the Bills games? Yeah. yeah? It, okay. When he was a child, his very first Halloween costume, mustard gas. <laughs> wow. He's, he's, been a, he's, a, he's been a long-time bioterrorist. Parody. Parody. Uh, yeah, no, it, trash. I mean, you know, good for this, good on the Sabres. They finally have done something successful in the past 10 years, uh, which is get all their players vaccinated. Uh, Doug Allen can go suck eggs and... You know, whatever. Right, like you could find somebody else to fucking sing the anthem. Right, like there's other Jesus. people who can't sing the goddamn anthem. Yeah, wait, will do it. Right, wait, or, or or you know what? Here's a fucking thing. If you can't, don't play the fucking national anthem before the game. Who gives a shit? Why is it there anyways? It's a bunch of nationalist jingoism garbage. Yeah, I mean, I will say with hockey games in particular, though, it is fun that they do the American anthem and the Canadian anthem. That's only in Canada and Buffalo. I I know, I, but I'm saying for us in particular, because we're a Buffalo podcast, right? I mean, at least we get the Canadian anthem, which is much superior to the American anthem. Yeah, it's it's a better tune, I think. But no, I mean, look, there's going to be an anthem singer, Doug Allen. You played yourself out of like. A, a sweetheart gig, right? Okay, I, I can't wait to you sing the national anthem at Cole Beasley's birthday party. Sure, they probably kept around Doug Allen because he's just been the guy who's been doing it for so long. If they really wanted to go on the cheap, they could probably get a uh, a rotating cast of anthem singers Ooh. and pay them for the per game or something. There's that woman who was just on The Voice or whatever. That's b- big shit right now, right? Uh, right. Rihanna. No. <laughs> no, Ariana Grande. No, I don't think that's it. Um, was it The Voice? Some singing competition. Sure. Oh, yeah. Let's go with Cher. I think it was Cher. No, okay. uh, there's some guy from the area who's on The Voice this season. Oh, well, I think. shit. There's two of them right there. Right. So, fuck it. Right. Who, I mean, like, there are plenty of people. When, when you have a million people in your county, there's probably, like, I don't know, <laughs> at least seven who yeah. can sing decently. Right. I think so. Just think That's just the math. That's right. the, Don't double check the stats. You know, just could, at least seven. You know what? We could have a, the Square Podcast singing competition. Right. For the new national anthem singer for the Sabres. Mm-hmm. Submit your uh, application on our Twitter feed. We'll do it live at the pink. Right. We'll, uh, we'll bring they'll bring the microphones and we'll have like EVR judge. So we're, we're, we're still on this quasi sports beat. And uh, so I go into the game today. I can't bring my pack of smokes. But you know who does get in without a vaccination? Or, or, or maybe they, they, they turn the page on this whole anti-vax crusade they were on. Rachel Bush. Yep. Who's Rachel Bush again? I don't. I don't know. So I, I actually. She is. I, I. She's Jordan Poyer's girlfriend, right? Right. Wife. 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 Yes. No disrespect. Right. But uh, Jordan Poyer's significant other and has also become a prominent anti-vaxxer in in Buffalo Twitter. She's she's blocked half of the people in Buffalo on the internet now because yeah, that's, I had no idea who she was. Like you guys like said, Oh, Rachel Bush was at the game and I had to look it up because <laughs> I I'm a million years old and I have no idea who anybody is, but apparently she has like 2.4 million like Instagram followers. Right. Oh, yeah. Well, she's, she's, she's easy on the eyes, but, but hard on the brain. Okay. Because it just absolutely perplexing. Um, 
some of these anti-vax people and you know you have two million followers and you're telling people oh the vaccinations are bullshit or whatever it's like all right you fucking suck but yes she was at the game today and yeah either she (laughs) was was one of those people who who says one thing out loud because it it plays to an audience but then is actually like oh i'm gonna get fucking vaccinated are you crazy or somehow they snuck her in i don't know uh, what was my thing is like once i found because I, I i saw the picture online of because somebody was complaining about it on twitter of rachel bush being at the game and i was like who is this person who i don't give a shit mm. and then when i found out that it was like jordan poyer's like significant other and like some like internet famous person <laughs> my first thought was they probably should have had better tickets <laughs> their tickets weren't great no they were in the nosebleed they sucked i had better tickets than yeah that. they were and they were in the corner yeah right yeah yeah you know where you want to sit in the corner at a nascar race because that's where all the accidents <laughs> yes happen. yes for sure oh i i guess we're, we're really skipping around we're a little scatterbrained today we forgot to, when we're talking doing the stadium talk guys oh yeah the oh, this is a, this is a big one the stadium uh the study the study that may or may not exist that mark polencar certainly doesn't have access to what's the scoop on the stadium study. So wait, here's there's there's two studies. There's one that's already been done that the Pagulas paid for. It's their own proprietary study that, that they have. And that's what the county legislature was whining about this week. There's another one that the state is currently doing that won't be out for a couple of weeks. And once it's out, it'll be released to the public just like it was 15 years ago when they did a study. And 15 years ago when they did a study, the ownership did their own study of the stadium and never released it to the public. The, this time, there's the, this private study that Pagula paid for that they own. It's their study. They have the proprietary information. And the county legislature is like, we want a copy of it. We, it should be open and, and free to the public. And the county executive, I mean, I, it, it's tough because, like, yes, as much information when you're talking about, like, $1.4 billion should be open to the public. But at the same time, this is the Pagula's private property, this study. He's probably breaking laws if he just, like, leaks it to the fucking press. I am under the uh, impression, like my thought process on this, like if I, when I'm trying to like read the tea leaves, the reason why the legislature did this and the legislature also submitted a resolution that Republicans did in the legislature that did not pass saying that they wanted to mandate that the legislature also got to be at the ne- negotiations is because the Republicans, they don't get any donations from the Pagulas. But if they're a player in the negotiations, if they have a spot at the table, if they have any kind of influence on them whatsoever, then the Pagulas probably buy them off with political donations. So this is all about getting like $2,000 to their campaign account. That's all this is. Like little tiny troll Joe Larigo, who's about four foot three, wants to get some money so that he can be county legislator from the town of West Seneca for the rest of his fucking life. I mean, a lot of this is just like inside baseball garbage nonsense. And, and look, I'm of the opinion when it comes to the stadium stuff, I think we all know what's going to happen. There's going to be a big press conference. Kathy Hochul is going to get to put her thumbprint on the Buffalo Bills staying in Buffalo for another however no you know how long Mark Polencars will get to have the handshake and you know get to be county executive for for however long he wants a, a lot of this back and forth i mean i'm not dismissing it because we're talking about so much fucking money so much in public funds that really could go anywhere else i'm just i'm cynical and i'm like callous to the reality of what i know is going to happen well the other thing is like why this resolution is so disingenuous typically remind me like we used to study political science which of the two political parties is usually the one that is supposed to be so theoretically or supposedly in action is in favor of protecting property rights from the government 
Uh, that would be uh, usually the Republican Party. Oh, generally the Republican Party. But in this particular case, the Republican Party, who sponsors resolution and brought it to the floor, was like, I know that the Pagulas spent their own money and this is their private property. Fuck them, it's for us. Sounds like socialism to me. So if you're out there, if you can do me a favor and tweet at Joe Larigo how you love Joe Larigo the socialist, please hashtag Joe Larigo the socialist. Get it trending, folks. Let's get it. Let's, Let's get, get it going. going. All right. Well, that was uh, the wide world of sports and, and sports-related news. We've got some other news here. Mark Hamster passed away recently. Mark Hamster, a uh, Buffalo businessman. Speaking of sports, part minority owner of the Sabres at one point, I believe. We can never leave the wide world of sports. We can never leave. It's a big... It's a big just keeps sucking you in. It's got a big he, gravitational pull. Either was or tried to be. Right. Yeah. Something yeah, like that. Yeah, something like that. There was something about, like um, was a former candidate for Congress. He ran against Brian Higgins. He owned um, among other like I mean he had a whole wealth of like business interests, but he owned like a, a what the total tan or tanning salon, some tanning salon chain in the area. You got to start with like nursing homes or something, right? Yeah, yeah, I think, think yeah. yeah, something like that. As it is, when you're rich, having money begets more money. Yes. And you just buy more things to make more money off of. Right. But he died recently, Re. He did. He did passed away of COVID. He got the row row. He, he did. He was like an anti-vax Republican. There was an article in the paper. It was an interview with two of his children. I don't know if he's got more than two children, but at least at this interview, there was two of them. And they're basically like encouraging people Please go get the vaccine. Please don't be like our father. Please don't die. You, know. you heard a lot of stories like this. I Not mean, just around here, but... Dude, I mean, maybe nationwide. one of the most popular subreddits on Reddit right now is Herman Cain Award. Yeah. Well, and you know what? I mean, look, these people might be shitheads, but they're shitheads, but they're also like dads and brothers and they're cousins. real people with family members. Yeah. Like, fuck. You, you might say, oh, I wish every fucking anti-vax Republican shithead would just, you know, would croak, but... What you're really saying is, oh, I wish somebody's fucking uncle would die. And it's like, oh, what? It, it, uh, what? Uncle, brother, aunt, whatever. Yeah. Like, the, I, can't, I can't find it in myself to wish that any human would die. I think yes. that there is inherently some value to human life. There is, but it's hard to feel bad for him for being such shit. Oh, yeah. I mean, okay. like, like, it, like, I don't feel, like, bad for them. I feel bad for other people around them. Right, right. Um, but I still feel some remorse. Anytime I know that any human dies, because like I know that that person meant something to somebody. There are exceptions. Well, no, everybody means something to somebody. Oh, there, and well, like, there are some terrible people. Well, right. it's whatever. It, it sucks. Mark Hamster, you know, you don't have to pour one out, but certainly condolences to yeah, him. And it, his family. It, 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 Please you know get vaccinated. It, yeah, get vaccinated. That's, you, that's you, the you best do, way. If you listen to the show, I'm assuming because you're beautiful geniuses. If you listen to the show. And you're already, you're probably like sneaking in to get extra vaccinations. Right. One of these times, take the vaccine, like just go to Rite Aid and be like, hey, I know a bunch of people who aren't vaccinated, but I happen to have this tranquilizer gun and I'd like to shoot them. I'd like to, it's the most dangerous game pew, pew, pew. is vaccinated, anti-vaccinated. Moving on. Speaking of coronavirus, which <laughs> shocker, surprise Pikachu face. It has not gone away. It's in the news. It's still, it's still happening. And you know what? We're doing it. Now it's the kids turn. It's the kids edition of coronavirus. The speed run through. Right, it's uh, kids bop. Kids bop. Oh, yes. Coronavirus kids bop. Coronavirus kids bop. Well, what are they doing in Akron? Uh, not not having in-person classes anymore, uh, I'll tell you that. 
I tweeted about this earlier this week. There was a story, and I can't remember how many kids it was. It was about 100 or so in the Akron School District had tested positive. Oh, no, we're in quarantine. That's what it was. We're in quarantine. Um, it was like 25 had tested positive, and 120 or something like that were in quarantine because of COVID exposure, and which prompted me to look up the enrollment for Akron City, uh, Akron City, yeah, that's the, the big metropolis, the fucking mecca of Akron. Uh, wow, the town of Akron or village of Akron school district, uh, the combined school district there. And Isn't it turned a Frank Sinatra song about Akron. Yeah, yeah. It's, if if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. <laughs> and uh, it turns out it's like one in twelve or one in thirteen students was already in quarantine, and we're like three weeks into September, like fucking school didn't start till after Labor Day. And are, are there, is that all the students in Akron? <laughs> it's enough of them. <laughs> okay, okay. Those are the ones who had perfect attendance beforehand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so the school district was like, fuck it. You, clearly, you sons of bitches aren't vaccinated at home. Right. We've, the quarantine levels are way too high. We're going to have to go remote. And the fucking students protested going remote. Which I can understand, like I can understand, like in one way, wanting to protest going remote because clearly, if this many people are getting COVID in Akron, the vaccination rate there has to be extremely low. And if I was a thinking, critical thinking student at all at Akron, I was in my, you know, say sophomore year, I wouldn't want to stay home with those fucking bioterrorist COVID magnets. Yeah, well, that's a good point. I mean, we said it before. The choice is life or death, potentially, right? Mm-hmm. When it comes to COVID, but I mean, that's that's not the only hardship that they incur. Is you know, not going to school really sucks for kids. Not having these life experiences. There are also kids who rely on their meals going to school, right? That they may not be getting. Mm-hmm. There are kids who might be in abusive homes and that would get noticed if they went to school. It might, it might be, not be noticed. Right. Might not be noticed. Um, you know, or, or maybe they're just in like maybe emotionally abusive homes. Right. And their only way of getting through the day is getting the positive reinforcement they get from their classmates and their teachers at, at, at school. Right. I mean, there's a whole host of reasons why it makes sense to have students in classes, in classrooms as much as possible. Some of the kids who are protesting were basically protesting. It was like, well, it's my right to get vaccine, uh, to get uh, COVID. You're, you're right. It's your right to go get COVID. Right, right. right. We, it's yeah. your right to go get COVID. If right. you want to get COVID, here you go. I've got, at one point, we used to give away smallpox small blankets. I've got some COVID blankets I'm going to start sure. giving away. Sure. I was already in Akron because I was at the uh, playground smoking. Right, 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 right. So if you're keeping track at home, children do not equal the future anymore. Right. <laughs> We, we firmly ruled that out. They are no longer the future. We're on the labor beat still, guys. We, we um, you know, we've been following the Starbucks uh, unionization push. We're also following the folks over at CWA, the nurses on strike. With Starbucks, I think there was, uh, there's some court proceedings. There's some stuff going on with that. I don't have the full details. No, and I, I, I'm getting details here and there. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not fully engaged with it as much as I should be. I did see that uh, there was recently on some social media some store managers or uh, leaders and, and, and Starbucks staff in other parts of the area uh, posting stuff on social media supporting the Buffalo unionization efforts mm-hmm. and talking about how like you know Starbucks had Roseanne Williams who's one of like their 
North America bigwigs come to the Buffalo stores. She's like, sweeping the floors, right? Yeah, sweeping the floors, famously sweeping the floors. Brother. Yeah. But like forcing like all the the partners, that's what they call their st- their employees, their partners, to go to these like anti-union meetings and like trying to like drive home like this anti-union sentiment. And you have these people from working at other Starbucks across the country saying like Starbucks is clearly being very anti-union and like trying to union bust here. You would think like a, an organization as big, a corporation as large and theoretically would have some people who are smart running it because they have that much money and, and they're that large. But as I found out, that's not always the case mm-hmm. that they would be better at something like this at, at like kind of hiding what their true intentions are. Oh no. But they're just so brazen and blatant about it that they're going to get fined by the NLRB. They should just like take like uh, an American Express black card that is is a corporate card and hand it to NLRB and be like just run a tab. We'll sign for it at the end of the night. Well, and I mean but I think there's something to it. There's some merit to that in that look, we're going to be as brazen as and open about it as possible and yeah, we'll pay for the slap on the wrist because this is a show of power. Like it's a show of force. You have to think that on some level Starbucks has been waiting for this day to happen like pretty much every major company you know if you're the ceo or um the head uh, the heads of like a, a major company like this for certain they've been waiting for this kind of day to come so it's imperative on them to just show as much force as possible so as to intimidate at least that's what my takeaway would be that yeah fuck let the nlrb find us all they want there's not going to be a union at starbucks in uh, any of our locations that, that's because the nlrb doesn't find people enough well, they, sure. I bet you if they find them a hundred million dollars, they would fucking think twice about it. I would if Star, maybe Starbucks wouldn't think twice about it because they get the fine. But the next fucking corporation would think twice about it if the fine was a hundred million dollars. And then you know what we could do? Maybe we could fucking pay for some healthcare. We'd have to worry about Joe Manchin's fucking Ooh, vote. It'd be great. <laughs> Love it. Well, yeah, no. Regardless of that, I mean, they're they're fighting the good fight over uh, the baristas are and. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Uh, now, the folks at CWA, the nurses, I don't think the actual strike is going to be till October 1st, right? right? Is that the... Right, but the posting is already up on the internet for the rates they're paying scabs. Ah. Do we, know, do we know how much they're paying scabs? They are paying... It, it, it depends on what your nursing specialty is, but they are paying up to... The highest rate I saw was $147 an hour. Now... I believe the current contract caps out at like forty six or forty eight dollars an hour. Ooh. Oof! So clearly they're they're making enough money there. If if they can pay one hundred fifty dollars an hour for nurses yeah, in what, specialized segments, geez, what gives? That they can probably afford to maybe pay for a fairer contract and hire better nurses and not better but more nurses so they can have safe staffing levels. That's going to be an interesting fight. Hey, speaking of uh, safe safe staffing levels, we don't have this on the big whiteboard, but didn't Kathy Hochul just call in for it was like national emergency national support because there was um because they lost a lot of nurses from from COVID or from from vaccination, excuse me. That there are so many anti-vaxxers that I believe the state of New York has called in like an emergency. What's going to happen is like if say if you're a college student who's going to classes in person and you're studying nursing. If you're going to class in person, you are probably forced to get the vaccination. Mm-hmm. It is going to be fuck. You're going to have the fucking time of your life getting offers thrown at oh, you. Oh, absolutely. In fucking May. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, if you're a mid-year graduate in December, man, chef's Ooh. kiss. Yes. Well, well you- here, it, here it is from WGRZ.com. I got gotcha. you. I got it. I got it, boys and girls. He, he's got it. 
Governor Hochul to healthcare workers, get the shot or be replaced. Hochul says the state will release a plan in the next day or two, and this was on uh, this is on September 22nd, but we'll release a plan the next day or two to replace healthcare professionals who declined to be immunized for the September 27th uh, deadline. So, listeners, it's Sunday, which Monday is tomorrow, the 27th. So, the deadline is coming up that there is, in fact, a plan in place to replace the healthcare workers who are refusing to get the vaccination. Hochul's uh, instance that the mandate be carried out with no test out option has served to exacerbate yada yada. Stuck to her, uh, Hochul stuck to her guns. To those who refuse, we'll find replacements. We will be working very closely to have a multi pronged approach, which I'll be announcing shortly. So there's a, there was a lot of back and forth on this, but ultimately that there's going to be nurses, or, or Kathy Hochul has said there's going to be nurses, even if um, you know these these COVID. Right, vaccine folks, uh, and and Hochul did get a small setback as far as like vaccine mandates go. In that there was a stay um, at the at the courts for the mandates for state employees because of the fact it, it was basically around the uh, collective bargaining agreement, and that it wasn't fair to the collective bargaining agreement. Not that it's unconstitutional to mandate vaccines, but like you have a collective bargaining agreement, you have to you you you, you can't do things unilaterally. Yeah, I mean, as a pro-union, pro-collective bargaining guy, you really shouldn't allow, you shouldn't set the president of allowing people to do stuff unilaterally. But at the same time, like, not a union member now, been a union member in the past. Like, if my union came to me and like, hey, we're going to sue because we don't want people to tell us that we have to get vaccines, I'd be like, get the fuck out of here. Tell, <laughs> tell us to get vaccines. <laughs> what you should be doing, instead of spending time suing because they want to do vaccine mandates, where you can educate people on the re- on the importance of why they should get vaccines and if they're still too stupid take them up back with a rubber hose and beat the shit out of them <laughs> Jesus. uh well on on that note guys um we're, we're winding down here but but as we mentioned at the top of the show we did see an excellent concert oh it was um, great this past week we saw orville peck at town Ooh, ballroom wild show oh oh it's fantastic great I would, opener i would say that the orville peck show is it's like one in one A for me for like best shows I've ever seen. I saw him at the old Scoot Inn in Austin, Texas. This is pre-COVID, and that was a magical show. And this this is right up there. He, if you have a chance to see that guy, you got to go see him. And if you've never heard of Orville Peck before, yeah, listen to him. Yeah, mm-hmm. and 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 check out the opener was Dale Hollow and the Long Con and the Long Con. Fantastic, really good. They, really good. they were super good too. Oh, they're uh, fucking awesome. Their they're, they're one song, uh, "I'm a Lover, But I'll Still Fight," has been stuck in my head all week. Yes. Oh, see my the one that uh, the other the other song, the opening song that they did, "Fools Rush In." No, no, no. It was the. Um, uh, would that it were? Oh, so would simple. that it were? Would yeah. that were so simple? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was also tremendous. They did a cover, uh, just an amazing cover of Robin's "Dancing by Myself." Oh, oh that was incredible. I mean, if I had been there and Dale Hollow was the main act, I'd been okay with that. I would have been happy yeah, same, with it. Same. The Dale, the Dale Hollow show, that performance with him in the long con, which was interrupted by the fact that the lead guitarist had major electrical <laughs> issues with yes. his amp. Yeah, bad. He had a bad cable. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. Had a, but despite that, was tremendously entertaining and very, very fun. And I, I know that the Buffalo News reviewer was like. You know, it was so on the nose that it was like, is that what they wrote? Is that, that what that fucking trash heap newspaper wrote? It, that it, it was, uh, it, it was almost parody. 
but he got he got better and it, it turned into a rollicking like good show and i was oh like oh my god it was fucking rollicking from the good get go absolutely it was it was super good and then and then orville peck comes out with his band and blows the roof off the joint like uh. like uh, uh, there's there are it, it's in my it's not one one it's there's, it's actually, there are three top shows I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. This Orville Peck show is there. Yes. The other ones were I saw Sahara Hot Nights open for Mooney Suzuki at the Mohawk Place when it was the old stage. Right. And the, they just lit the fucking joint on fire. And Mooney Suzuki was good, but Sahara Hot Nights was the opener, and they were just otherworldly. Oh. And then the other performance I saw that is like in my top three all time was I saw James Brown at Woodstock 99. Oh, fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever heard of James Brown, but he had a reputation for being somewhat of a decent performer. <laughs> oh, you know, you know how these, I, I pulled up that Buffalo News article. You know how, you know how yellow these fucking cowards are. You know who wrote this, this article here? Staff. Staff. Oh, bro. You bitches. Put a name on that. Mm. Put a goddamn name on that. Jeez. For a, for a. A concert review? What in the shit? Oh, I, w- I will say that I saw it earlier today, and there was a name, and I forgot the name. Oh. So they may have changed it because of hate mail. I just see <laughs> staff here. So right. if the writer's out there... I, oh, okay. Oh, maybe it's Amy Yakowiak. I just... All right, maybe, maybe I... Jeez, we're a little bit off today. I, I'm not oh on my, my game today. Geez. No, it's... it's uh, you know, it's it's a big weekend. The Bills win. I, I got the the Bills hangover vibes after watching them. You know, crush. Same here. That's, crush today. So I, and I will say with Orville, despite the size of the woman, like yelling Orville Peck over and over again, like yeah, okay. as though he was going to make him come out. <laughs> um, they did what I like. If you're like an up and coming band, and I think Orville Peck is an up and comer. They did do an encore, but they did one fucking song, and they're like, "That's it." Yeah, fine. But they saved one of their best. And it's a cover. It's not their. It's an original. Right. But they saved one of their more iconic Lady songs, Gaga cover. The Lady Gaga "Born This Way." Oh, yeah, that's great. Um, just tremendous. And I will say that the way they closed the show with the Iron Hoof was. I mean, so if you now you're listening to us, and you're like, oh, let me fly, find out more about this Orville Peck guy. Iron Hoof Stampede won't take you back. In parentheses, is like a two and a half minute song. At the end of the show, it was like a 10-minute rollicking, like, and people are hooting, people are hollering, people are stamping their feet, they're snapping their fingers, they're whistling, they're clapping. It was the most energized I've felt at a concert in a very long time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and we've had a good September so far. Absolutely. We yeah. we saw Hop Along at, yep. at Mohawk Place. Great and, show. And I might add that all these venues require vaccination proof yes. and mass. Yes. So they're trying to be safe as possible. Hop Along at Mohawk was tremendous. Yes. I love Hop Along. I was in like a canatonic state because I was just like focusing on Francis. And they are just a tremendous singer and a dynamic uh, lead person for that band. And then, as we mentioned on the podcast, Ryan and I went with his wife, Kelly, up to Portland, Maine earlier this month. Saw St. Vincent. Saw fucking St. Vincent. who was crushed. Amazing. Just like, fucking crushed. Just an absolute, like... Dy- a dynamo of a show we've had a pretty good september we got big thief tomorrow we got big thief i hear they're great live and we'll let you know how that is next week yes so that was the week in entertainment we got some comedy shows coming oh up, that's right that's yeah, right i think we got brian posein coming up soon helium and Stephen wright coming up i think next year to bayville nikki glazer is gonna be this nikki weekend this, right. uh, next right. friday right. And, and then uh, also if you think that he's funny david sedaris is coming to buff state soon right oh yeah 
Yeah. Uh, oh, I tend to think Dave Sedaris is fairly funny. He's not the funny Sedaris. No, Amy Sedaris is way, way funny. <laughs> Amy Sedaris is way funnier. <laughs> but my favorite anecdote, if, if you've ever read any David Sedaris books, he talks about like meeting with his sister one time mm. in New York. He's going on a train, or no, she's getting on the train and she's like, leaving his her train arrives before him and she turns around and yells goodbye david good luck with the rape charge oh, <laughs> and Jesus. then hops onto the train oh, and he just no. stands there in new york city oh that's that's pretty <laughs> good no it's pretty damn funny oof we also community beer works is having a beer tasting event next friday mm. oh, shit yes yes so by okay. the time this drops on thursday I, I don't know if the tickets are all sold out but i mean you should check it out cuz cbw is great the tickets are like 30 bucks so if you're interested in beer and good beer at that, mm-hmm. Community Beer Works, hit them up and, you know, do the damn thing. Always, them. always up Community Beer Works. Guys are great. And they yes. don't even like, they don't even pay us for this yet. No, no. The, the dream, the dream is that they do. I would love to, at CBW, and if you're listening, and I know you are, give us that sweet, sweet sponsorship. Give me the merch, okay? I'm going to buy it anyway, but it wouldn't it be better <laughs> right, if you yeah. gave it to me. Right, yeah. Like, we don't want money. We, merch and beer is all we're doing. Merch, yeah. merch or beer or maybe set, set up a little a little corner in the brewery for a recording area. We we could we could finagle something, but definitely merch or beer. Let's start mm-hmm. there. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. Well, worry about the recordings. We, we have the snake pit. Why do we got mm-hmm. this lovely little You're recording right. We got the here. snake pit. But we we need more beer. But they have we, more beer there is my point. Right. Well, we can, if they give us enough beer, we can stock it here, right? Okay. Just put it right in my veins. <laughs> yes. Yes. Barney Gumble. <laughs> well, gentlemen and Ernest, I think, uh, who's certainly not a gentleman, he's a cad. Right. He's, a, he's a scoundrel. <laughs> yes. You little scoundrel. I think that's the episode for this week. So to the listener, uh, thanks again for joining us here at the square. Genuinely appreciate it. I was just thinking, we today, love you. I was just thinking today how weird it is to have an audience of people who like listen to us on a regular basis. It's very strange to me that like, you know, in less than a year, we've gone from like begging our family to feign interest to there are people who listen to us regularly who we don't know, who don't know us, who probably have opinions about us. Mostly like probably correct. Probably. Yeah. Whatever opinion. You're definitely correct. You're definitely correct about us. But uh, no, thanks for listening, guys. It really has been a kind of a wild ride. We've been doing this almost a year now, and I just marvel at the fact that, you know, I, I was sitting talking to a, a fucking writer from the Washington Post last weekend, a political <laughs> reporter that we've had an interview with, and, and that we're, is it safe to say we're friends with the mayor, the future mayor, India Walden? Uh, you know, uh, I mean, I've seen India a bunch of times. Actually, there's a, a video, like, that's around, that's, going around the internet now of uh she shows up to a fundraiser for her yeah and the woman co-hosting the fundraiser tells a very lovely and very very touching story about her daughter being pregnant and losing that child and india was the nurse who cared for that child and india remembered like in the video she's like oh yeah i remember i know i remember that child i'm in that video in the background like the entire time like just lurking like like a lurker like a creep uh like like some sort of india walton stalker and i remember hearing that story and you can't see in the video but it did move me to tears Uh, because it was it was so off the cuff and like you could see like india gets choked up too because like it's it became clear very quickly that she remembered the story and then like then they show more video of india in like the backyard at this fundraiser talking and, and pontificating and again, 
I'm directly behind her, so it looks like I'm some sort of like, like out of shape smoking fat bodyguard. <laughs> uh, but actually, what I was doing was crushing hard ciders. All right. Uh, as I do it at all fundraisers. Yeah, no, it's just been an incredible ride where we get to hang out with the tentative mayor, future mayor, and you know, right. I mean, talk, talk, to, have have a bunch of people who listen to us every week, right? And, and have like, I mean, we've had we've had a bunch of tremendous guests. Yes, um, they're yeah. really have what what what's made this program, right? I mean, and and Come we, I mean, we, no, we, well, well, the, let's be real. Oh, okay? right, right. right. All right, we're the real money makers yeah. here. Okay, <laughs> we're, we're the actual stars. Re, Re's got the juice. I always say Ree's got the juice. Jim's got Jim's got the juice. Jim's got the heat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jim's and, got the and, heat. and Ryan. He's got his good looks I got something. and the lovely recording equipment. I got a college dropout level of knowledge. We do it all for you, babies. We, yeah, uh, we so love I mean, you, listener. We make fun of you sometimes. We call you political freaks and weirdos, but right. you know, we say that out of love. Right, yeah. I mean, we all have smooth brains, too, so it's not a big deal. So, if you haven't already followed us on social media, please follow at SquarePodBuff on Twitter. Are, are we just the Square Podcast on Instagram? I think. And on Facebook, yeah. we're the Square Podcast. You can find us. Somebody tried to tell me they couldn't find us on the Google Podcast. Oh, we're on. We should be on there. We yeah. should be on there. Well, we are on Google Podcast. Yeah. We're we're on SoundCloud, which is where we get the majority of our listens. We are on Apple, the iTunes Podcast app, Spotify. You name it, we are there. You can find us. So when your friends, your your cool friends, say, "Hey, what's the name of that sweet podcast you listen to?" Uh, the square. Where do I listen to it? You can tell them. Listen to it fucking anywhere. Okay? Right. No, fuck any place you want it, man. I'll come outside your house and I'll play it in a big old boombox. Right. We'll, like. we'll, we'll get the RSS feed. Uh, John Cusack style. I'll be out there. We're definitely on Google. I just checked. Okay. So we are on Google. So we're there. So that's where you can listen to us. That's where you can find us. Jim, can you be? You can't find me on social media. You can find me at the Square Podcast. Yeah. Jim, where can uh, where can you be found on social media? Uh, you can find me, and as I I love getting my social media out because I've gained like seventy five followers since we started doing this podcast on on Twitter, so I feel very validated by existing. Uh, but you can find me at James Tamel T as in Thomas A M O L M as in Michael uh, James before that, or you can find me at Battle Jim of the Republic on Instagram, and uh, I have a private Instagram, so you have to request to follow me. Um, but I'll probably approve you unless you're like clearly a bot. Mike Caputo. <laughs> Ryan, where can you be found? I'm at the real Ryan Steele. For the listener. Uh, oh, and I, I would like to say also follow my cat on Instagram, booboo.sheldon. She's very cute and uh, she needs your follows. And, and boo-boo was very forthcoming and interested in Ernest earlier today. Yes. 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 And, and Ernest, where can we find you? Uh, he is at Ernest of the Republic. Oh right, right, right. Okay. Uh, but it's he means of of the old republic. It's a Star Wars thing, okay. and because uh, Ernest, just like Carl Paladino, is a Sith Lord. Yes. yes. Well, folks, that is a wrap on this week's episode. Until next time, see you next week.
fire. 